You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Our coverage on the latest unrest in the Middle East continues now in our second hour with our dear friend, Dr. Kevin McDonald. Probably the premier expert on Jewish, American, and uh, events, things like that, that we could call upon and... This is right up his uh, wheelhouse. I well, certainly there is a reason he is on this particular show, although he is one of our top three guests of all time. So any show could be a show he maybe might appear on. But this one tonight, we, yeah. we, we certainly wanted to have him on for, of course, Professor Emeritus of Psychology at California State University, Long Beach, author of so many uh, wonderful books. Uh, yes, he certainly gets into the psyche of at least one of the belligerents in this uh, struggle, and he's going to offer his opinion now on uh, the... Brand new front there in Israel and Gaza. Uh, Kevin, welcome back. Great to be here, James. Uh, All right, you're watching this as the rest of the world is. What are your takeaways? Uh, just to, you can take this in any direction you want. We're going to give you a wide berth, and then uh, we'll we'll come back. Well, you know, I've watched quite a bit of American media, and it's really pathetic to, to watch uh, conservative media in, in America. I, I don't... I cut the cable, so all I get is Newsmax and OAN, and my God, they are so gung-ho for this. And the problem is there's no context given. It's just like, you know, the Palestinians are savages. They they raped and they murdered, and they took these hostages, including children and this and that. And um, but, but there's no context. This has been going on since 1967. And, uh, you know, since since 2006, that's when, when Hamas took over. You know, they basically uh, blocked off all the uh, the exits. Uh, they're they're trapped in there. It's often called an open air prison, and um, you know they're, they they uh, so they they are in charge of what goes in, and they have a sort of starvation level diet there. They um, uh, treat them just really horribly. And you just can't expect these people, certainly not Palestinians, not these Middle Easterns, uh, who are very religious, very fanatical, uh, like themselves, only out on the opposite side. You just can't expect them to put up with this. And so every once in a while, this happens. This time, this is the biggest thing that's ever happened, though. Um, in every one of these conflicts, the Israelis have killed far more Palestinians than Palestinians have killed Israelis, but this time, you know, it's going to be horrendous. It, it, there were, the the uh, story is that there are 1,300 Israelis that have been killed and a few thousand wounded or something like that, and about 100 hostages. Uh, but uh, it's going to be unbelievable. Uh, you know, they, they're going to level that city. Uh, they're going to go in there, and they're going to kill anybody around. Now, they, they tell Gazans to go south. Uh, that, you know, they sort of cut Gaza in two and said uh, that everybody in the north who wants to get out should go to south. Well, that means... You know, That's you enemy territory. Yeah, enemy... Yeah, well, yeah, they, they, 
they've got to go in the south of Gaza, where you know you could put twice as many people there as live there now, and it's already a, a very urban, built up. You know, they're going to be uh, on the streets. And it's everywhere. all Israeli, and the Israelis hate the Palestinians. Yeah, exactly, and and. You know, the Israelis are, are not allowing food in there. They're not electing uh, power, you know, electricity in there. Uh, and uh, it's just absolutely brutal. So I, I uh, got to tell you the Palestinians right now, but, um, again, there's no context for this. It, it, yeah. It's like it just came out of the, the blue. And, Kevin, uh, it, I was telling James earlier, if the American nation or the white Gentiles in America – announced that all of the American Indians were going to have to leave America in three days, and if they didn't, we were going to cut off their electricity, their water, and their food, there would be such an international outcry against us that we would never uh, live it down. Well, I think I think the, the proper comparison would be to say in that hypothetical scenario, we'd be turning their reservations into glass because that's the kind of rhetoric you're getting out here. Right, and see, the thing is, there's not a discouraging word said in the American media or in Western European media about this. Uh, and it just is, you know, it, it's it beggars belief that somehow, uh, you know, there's there's no effort at all to be objective or nuanced about this in the media reports yeah. over here. And what's going to happen is that they're, they're just going to double down. There's this, this uh, editorial in the Jerusalem Post today by a guy named Weinberg. And it's just like he's just saying you've got to completely crush them. You can't ever let them rearm. Uh, you know they. Uh, he says uh, you know, the, that you just can't ha- basically tolerate them anymore, and uh, you, know, you can't give anything to the Palestinians. What, what the Israelis always emphasize is that they have allowed like ten thousand Palestinians to go into Israel to go to work uh, every day. I guess. But they haven't done the right anything else, and they still totally control the borders. And uh, you still have this narrative in the West that Israel is a besieged little wonderful democratic country, and uh, with American values and, and uh, our greatest ally and all that. And it, it never stops. And it really is a yeah. display of Jewish and Jews. Do, Jews have been run out of 109 nations in the world in their world history, yeah. but they've never done anything wrong. They are just yeah. total innocents that are the victims yeah. of irrational hatred. Hold on right there, gentlemen. I just want to give a, a note to our producer. Producer, if we could skip this break, uh, I, I think I want to keep with this. Um, I, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, so, Kevin, I want to read something to you here now from another one of our friends and guests. We played a clip from Pat Buchanan in the first hour to sort of set this whole topic off, of a clip from Pat in 2009 on MSNBC. Always good to hear Pat's voice, whether it's on this program or elsewhere. But this is Paul Craig Roberts, who's appeared on the show several times in his own right, former Secretary of the Treasury during the Reagan administration, university professor. And uh, he wrote a very good uh, article on this this week, and these were his thoughts. I'm going to read them to you, Kevin, and then have you respond, if you would. The Hamas attack has something of 9-11's flavor. Just about every aspect of U.S. national security state failed simultaneously on September 11, 2001. Israel's security system, including the Iron Dome the U.S. constructed for them, simultaneously failed. Mysteriously, the Hamas fighters entered Israel on the ground and through the air and through the sea without being detected. More mysteriously, large quantities of weapons entered Palestine through Israel without being detected. This is too much convenient a failure to be believable, Paul Craig Roberts writes. 
It will be interesting to see if anyone in Israel is held accountable for the total security failure because nobody in America was after 9-11. Not knowing, but we can speculate on motive. Israel can now steal the rest of Palestine. Another motive might be that Israel can expand the conflict into a wider war with Iran. Paul Craig Roberts continues, why would Netanyahu enable Hamas to attack Israel by standing down Israeli security? It seems nonsensical, but it isn't as it creates the conditions in which Israel can absorb all the remains of Palestine, just as 9-11 created the conditions for the neoconservatives to launch the wars they had planned in the Middle East. The difficult question is why the Palestinians would bring on their own destruction by attacking Israel when Hamas has no prospect of defeating them. Again, we can only but speculate. It could be an Israeli operation from start to finish. Israel infiltrates Hamas just as the FBI infiltrates Trump supporters and patriotic groups now called domestic terrorists. Paul Craig Roberts concludes by writing, I don't say these speculations suffice as an explanation, uh, but would, but I would not be surprised if these speculations, if investigated, would prove closer to the truth than whatever official narrative emerges. Kevin, respond to that, please. Well, it's very interesting. I saw a lot of the same things myself because uh, this massive intelligence failure by this uh, Israel, which is supposed to be the sort of technological leader in in all kinds of surveillance and everything else, they've had drones going over the place. They've uh, got these infiltrated. They've got these uh, these agents, you know, these informants in in Gaza, Palestinians who are you know being paid by Israel or something. And um, it's just hard to believe that that happened uh, without uh, without Israel's knowledge. The other, the only thing against that, and you know, and I have to. What always makes me hesitate is that, you know, they, they've allowed so many Israelis to get killed and captured, so that's never happened before. And now there's a sort of. Well, a we had three thousand in nine eleven, though, uh, uh, Kevin. You know, I don't think that the body count really uh, counts that much. But is it a false flag or not? What do you think? Well, I think it may be. I, I, I hesitate to go there. I, full-fledged, but I I suspected it myself, and uh, there's a history of Zionists, you know, not, you know, sacrificing their own people for the greater good, and, uh, you know, some of these stories, like beheaded babies, a lot of people are disputing those, Uh, and um, so it's like every other uh, situation where Jews have been victimized, that things are exaggerated, and we don't really know exactly what what is going on, but... uh, uh, I, I think it's possible, quite possible, because this is a massive intelligence failure. From and uh, again, how, how do all these arms and military stuff get in there? It's like Gaza. I mean, supposedly they they're watching twenty four seven, and uh, you got all these sensors and everything else. And but I don't, you know, it's one of those things where. Maybe someday we'll know. Uh, well, I'll tell you what we do know. What we do know, gentlemen, uh, Kevin and Keith, what we do know are the conditions over there in Gaza. And this is what Pat Buchanan was talking about in that clip we played at the very top of the program tonight. I mean, that these conditions and this treatment is only going to foster such resentment. So you're looking at Gaza. Yeah. To explain it verbally, it just doesn't do the same as looking at this the Gaza Strip in a picture. Now, I want to say again, 
I don't have any any real affection or love lost for the the, the Muslims. Uh, they've never been friends of Europeans, and certainly not of European Christians. Never. Going back, uh, so I mean, I, I I'm not. I don't really have a side in this one, except to be objective as a commentator here. But I'm looking at this Gaza Strip. Uh, it it is a tiny sliver of land. A uh, million and a half to two million people are jammed in here. They have six seven, nautical, seven miles by twenty five miles. They've got six nautical miles of fishing that is enforced by uh, that is enforced by Israeli uh, the Israeli Navy. So they they can't get out of their little box there. And then on land, it's got a militarized border. So they're all just crammed in here. And, uh, you, you, you know, that's going to call this is a concentration camp. That's what Pat Buchanan called it. It's the worst tyranny on earth that I know of going on right now. It's a ticking time bomb. And I applaud. Listen, I said this in the first hour. Uh, there are Max Blumenthal has attacked me personally, but he has been honest about this. This is a, a Jewish journalist who has made documentaries about how bad uh, it, it, it is over there. And you had another Israeli uh, reporter in the in uh, in the first hour that said, hey, th there's just no evidence for this beheaded baby nonsense. Uh, but uh, so, uh, you know, essentially, the Gaza Strip is like Alcatraz. And if you watch these videos by by people like Max Blumenthal and Abby Martin, uh, you get a kind of a sense of what caused this uh, so-called unprovoked war, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> and again, yeah. you, you're talking about the, the cutting off of electricity, rationing electricity, water, food, and fuel. And they call them human animals. This is what goes on on a good day over there. Yeah. And now you've got this Israeli government with these avowed, you know, these ministers who just really hate the Palestinians, and they're, and they're provoking them all the time. you got this, this minister... Ben Gvir or whatever his name is, he's, you know, he's provoking at the El Aqsa, uh, at the mosque there in uh, in Jerusalem, and uh, you know they got uh, they're just more radical. That, that was ever. a kickoff event, basically, for this whole thing. Yeah, right? they, they, that was the last straw. But the other motive, and it's a very rational motive, is that there was peace building between Saudi Arabia and and Israel, and uh, that would have really, you know really sealed the fate of the Palestinians because Israel was not going to make, they may have made a few concessions about the Palestinians, but they weren't going to give them much. And if you look at the West Bank now, it's like little dots of Palestinian enclaves. Whereas in 1967, you know, even, even when Israel conquered the area, uh, it was all Palestinian. Now it's basically all Israeli with a few little enclaves. <laughs> and still the media says, Oh, the, the Palestinian dominated the West Bank. I mean, it's a complete lie. And anybody who is watching this knows it. I mean, there's really checkpoints everywhere. Palestinians are corralled in these little enclaves. Uh, they have to go through checkpoints to go to the next village. And, uh, you know, they make it as difficult as possible to do that. Uh, it's very much like Gaza, really. Uh, it, it's a um, impossible situation. you got all these young men. They're fanatical. They think that if they do mar become martyrs, they will, you know, have all these rewards of 72 virgins and everything. And, uh, you know, there's they believe that. And, and it's a very fanatical area. This is where Jews come from. This is the culture of, of Judaism. Uh, you see, Tell uh, me this, the, so, the, the Kevin, Kevin what? what is the response of Iran going to be to all of this? Running the Palestinians yeah, out of their one enclave yeah. over there, the Gaza Strip. Yeah, uh, Iran is uh, is definitely uh, Israel's number one enemy, and they have been the enemy of Saudi Arabia. Uh, but now there, there was a big 45-minute uh, phone call between the, the Saudi prince and the 
people from Iran, and so they seem to be getting close together. So this is this is interesting, I, you know. And you know, you could have a situation where this um, becomes part of the sort of general restructuring world order with the the BRICS nations, you know, Russia, Brazil, China, India, and and all that uh, in Iran, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia, and the Arab countries uh, generally being on one side, and then the West being on the other. Uh, and that is something that uh, you can imagine you politically they may be thinking about. Although, I, you know, again, I don't know that, but it, it seems quite a few commentators have noted that that uh, one of the points was to end this peace process between Saudi Arabia and uh, Israel. And that certainly is a big deal. I know Biden wanted to. Yeah, and also to it. end the uh, talk of a stu- two-state solution, there's going to be no Palestinians yeah. left for a two-state yeah. solution. And they're never it's never been realistic. You know, that, that has, in, in 1992, they had these Abraham Accords and that was going to happen and all that. Israel never intended that. Maybe, maybe a sort of liberal government uh, may have done it for a little bit, but there is no way in the world they're going to allow a Palestinian state. Just they ain't going to happen. And so, uh, you know, they're just going to keep, keep taking land away on the West Bank, keep Gaza bottled up in an open-air prison, and hope they can just live forever. And, and I just, I, I yeah, you uh, know. imagine this is the problem because, they, you know, the Western media is so important. And, and it's not just more than the media. It's, it's the political process where, you know, you cannot oppose Israel and without facing huge obstacles. Now, we got uh, two, two or three uh, representatives now. You know, Elon Omar. Uh, yeah, I was about uh, to say uh, that. The squad. Well, Kevin, yeah. Kevin I, I got to say this. Allow me to preempt you, brother. When I say, the, when I repeat the old adage that politics makes strange bedfellows. Yeah, I, you know, normally, whatever the issue is, the entire media, and the elected establishment speak with a single voice, you know, for, uh, yeah, on a lot of yeah. these things when it comes to something like this. Uh, but, yeah, you yeah. do actually have, but there has been, uh, you know, uh, actually uh, quite a bit of media that is that has pushed back uh, and has, uh, has, has differed on this one. And even, you know, it, amazingly, I, I think in some regards, as we've mentioned, some honest Jewish uh, reporters and journalists uh, like... Uh, yeah. Blumenthal and uh, the, another we mentioned the first hour and and, and uh, Norman Finkelstein, which we'll mention in a moment. But yeah, I mean, Ilana yeah. Mar, <laughs> like I, I like her now. Well, at least I agree with her on this. Uh, but but it's interesting because you call it an open air prison. Uh, you got two million Palestinians in prison there. Ninety five percent of the water is undrinkable, according to a, a, a you know a, a mainstream news source. Four hours electricity a day. Forty five percent unemployment. Fifty two percent of the youth there express no will to live. You know, again, are these people our allies? Are they our friends? Not really, and certainly not historically, but, you know, we're trying to objectively cover a story. I know the establishment president isn't interested in anything like that, but, yeah, I mean, go back to Ilana Mar. Yeah, and the, the, the big problem is that, that it, the United States is backing Israel to the hill. It's not like any other country. You know, there's some kind of oppression going on in Africa somewhere. Else. So, you know, that happens. But, uh, you know, we're not giving Afri- this African government billions of defense and diplom- di- diplomatic support and missiles and airplanes. You know, it's, like, it's, uh, it's a totally different thing. We are totally involved in this. 
And uh, Israel is now seen by a huge swath of the world as the bad guys here. And uh, and America along with them. And America with them, yeah. So it, it tarnishes our reputation for good reason. And, and yet, how talk about hypocrisy. You know, so many, you know, certainly, you know, in general, the, the biggest criticisms of, of Israel have come from the left, from, from you know, the, 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 uh, the, the uh, Elon Omars and Rachel Tlaib and all that. But, uh, you know, for the most part, the Democratic Party is in bed with them. And uh, there's huge support there. And, of course, Israel, the Israel lobby is shoring that up like crazy. They are putting huge amounts of money because in quite a few districts, there have been candidates who have been critical of Israel on the Democrat side. And boy, Something they, they have also not uh, well, paid attention to, Kevin. I don't know how that? it is out in California, but in a place like Memphis, almost every con- convenience store slash gas station is owned and run by Palestinians here. There's a large Palestinian <laughs> well, I thought it was minority Indians. in America. No, no, so Indians are the one, uh, the Pakistanis the are the ones that have the hotels and motels. Okay, well, I, but, well I'll but, tell you. But there, there's a lot of Palestinians over here. The Republicans have been beyond nauseating, uh, Kevin, on this. Yeah, in the last beyond week. nauseating. They're far worse. Like I said, I, I, I tend to tune in to conservative, um, you know, uh, Talking heads, and my God, it's just brutal. Uh, There's one guy, Chris Plant, on Newsmax. He's going through the city, you know, he's calling the Palestinians all the worst things he can think of, and he's sort of running out of adjectives. You can see him trying to well, think well, of more well, adjectives. You know, the Israelis are calling them human yeah, animals. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, the Israeli defense minister is calling them human animals. I mean, this dehumanization is nothing new. But, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, but uh, to see these white Christian conservatives parrot it. We'll be right back. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Skip Kelly. Israel's military says it's nearing a widespread counteroffensive attack in Gaza City, where thousands of Palestinians have evacuated to over the past day. On Saturday night local time, Israel's chief military spokesman, Rear Admiral Daniel Hagari, urged Gazans to head south ahead of the expected ground assault in northern Gaza. In a separate statement, the Israeli Defense Forces said Saturday that it was already getting ready for the next steps of war as they prepare a wide range of offensive plans, which can include combined and coordinated strikes from the air, sea, and land, with a strong emphasis on ground operations. On Friday, Israeli military sent out an unprecedented evacuation order affecting over one million residents, about half of Gaza's population, in the northern part of the enclave. A lot of you, yes, me included, owe a lot of money to Uncle Sam. Americans owe a record-breaking $688 billion in unpaid taxes from their 2021 returns. That's according to the IRS. To prevent a recurrence, the IRS plans to increase audits and enforcement measures, particularly targeting high-income taxpayers. Over $540 billion of the unpaid sum is attributed to underreported income. The remainder stems from individuals who either failed to file returns or neglected to pay their tax obligations. 
I'm John Schaefer. Two of the big three Detroit automakers are laying off more employees due to the ongoing strike by members of the United Auto Workers. Stellantis, the parent company of Chrysler and Ford Motor, will temporarily lay off an additional 1,250 employees combined. Just over 34,000 UAW workers are on strike, which is now approaching the one-month mark. SpaceX's Falcon Heavy rocket blasted off Friday, a day after bad weather delayed the original takeoff. The spacecraft is expected to reach the orbit of the 16 Psyche asteroid in 2029. The asteroid is believed to be the ancient core of a protoplanet and is composed primarily of iron and nickel. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the Burger Perfection Flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. Ladies and gentlemen, we're barely more than a week into following what's going on over there between Israel and Hamas, Israel and the Gaza Strip. So uh, still, as we said earlier tonight, a lot more questions than answers, and so everything will admit. And also, you ain't seen nothing yet. I mean, <laughs> what we've seen is just the tip of the iceberg. We're, we admit that we are speculating here, but I think our speculations are probably a little bit more hitting more close to home than what you're seeing from the official narrative. As Paul, listen, Pat Buchanan uh, clip from 2009, which is just as timely today to open up our coverage tonight. You've heard uh, at least. Uh, Quotes from articles from Paul Craig Roberts. We're talking with Kevin McDonald, John Friend. We're having a conversation here. We're trying to, to, to figure things out. And we don't know is, what really happened. We don't know why. We don't know how. But, but the stakes are very high. We could be drawn into another series of Middle Eastern wars through this type of false flag. And this is what we need to guard against as Americans more than anything else, in my opinion. We're going to toss it back to Kevin with this. Washington Post headline, Israel says 1.1 million residents must leave the North Gaza Strip. Now, why do, they, why do these civilians have to leave? Because they're about to turn it into a parking lot. Uh, Michael Tracy, uh, independent journalist on uh, X, as it were. Uh, Kevin and I. Kevin and I aren't allowed to go there anymore. We get our time in the yard on on <laughs> Twitter. We we can see about ten posts a day, and then we have to go back into our pen. Yeah. <laughs> but, I still go there. Just for that. I go, do go, too. Because you dare to tell the truth about issues like this. Well, we we're in read only well, mode, which means we get a little time in the yard, right, Kevin? We can see a few yeah, posts yeah. a day. But one of the ones I saw was Michael Tracy. Then we get sent back to solitary. Uh, but Michael Tracy. Uh, <laughs> Writes that uh, Israel is 
quote-unquote asking one million people to flee their homes that they are about to destroy, after which it will be repeated ad nauseum that they, quote, don't target civilians, end quote. They merely bomb civilian areas, which they 100% know will cause mass civilian death. And here is Norman Finkelstein. Uh, when you give blanket support for Israel, you are giving blanket support to the extermination of the Palestinian people. That's Norman Finkelstein on the reality of Israel's policy on Gaza, where is it cut off, of course, as we know, the supply of food, water, and electricity. Did these honest Jews surprise you, uh, Kevin? What was that? Uh, do they, you know, these Jews that are being honest, even at the expense of... Well, you always yeah. have them. What? No, no, no. I appreciate yeah. them, but I'm just saying, is it surprising? Well, because we're going to get into a little bit more about Jewish identity vis-a-vis uh, -vis this sort of conflict with you with you next. But uh, anyway, all of that. Well, they're, respond, they're the only ones we hear. Respond to any of it. Yeah, there, there's one. There's a there's a in in the in the uh, New York Times by um, Peter Beinert, and he's pretty honest too. And he's saying that Palestinians have tried nonviolence, and whenever it's tried, it, you know, it's it's batted down, like the boycott, the vestibulations uh, movement. You know, they've tried to do that, but what's happened is that the, the Israel lobby, they've They've tried to get, they've in fact been able to get all these states to enact laws to prevent that uh, from, you know, any company that would do that to boycott Israel in any way. They're going to, you know, it's illegal. And uh, so you can't do boycotting and sanctions. It, within Israel, if you, if you uh, just protest, like, like if you stand outside the gate, the, the wall in, in Gaza, they will shoot you. You know, they, they, you just will protest. You can't take any countermeasures whatsoever. You can't do anything if you if you just sit and do some kind of you know sit in kind of protest. They'll they'll pour all this stinking fluid on you. You know they they will not tolerate anything. So the Palestinians have no other resort except violence, and it's it's just uh, and now this is going to rationalize you see this massive Israeli counter attack and uh, it'd be worse than ever. Well, what what is the Israeli? What is their end game? What are they trying to accomplish with this? Well, I think they're trying to get the Palestinians out of there. You know, one way or another, they would love for them to emigrate. Um, they always say, "Well, they could go to Jordan or any other of those Arab countries," and uh, they'd love to just have them leave. Uh, long term, I do believe Israel is an expansionist state. Uh, they've taken over the Golan Heights. They've taken over the West Bank. Since 1967, and uh, you know, the, the, in, in Genesis, uh, so you have a lot of these really orthodox, ethno-nationalist type Jews. They uh, have the idea of Greater Israel, going all the way up to Iraq or so, uh, include all Syria and, and uh, Jordan and all that territory. They are expansionist, and you know, they, they they provoked the 1967 war. They knew it was coming. A lot of people think is Israel uh, acted first. Uh, and they they wanted that territory. And are they trying to they provoke a war with Iran now? And yeah, they they would love that because they know Kevin, the United States would totally back them up. Oh sure! Oh my God, they couldn't. <laughs> they're trying to provoke a war between us and Iran, and they'll sit on the sidelines cheering. Yeah. Lindsey Graham will <laughs> sacrifice all of our sons' uh, limbs uh, for for yeah exactly. I, I got to get your response to this, Kevin, because. Uh, when someone hits the nail on the head, Keith, what are they doing? They drive it straight. Uh, here again, Brad Griffin. I've told you for months that war is coming. 
but this is too rich. We have spent our entire adult lives getting guilt-tripped about the Holocaust. We have been lectured about the evils of racism, nativism, ethnocentrism, nationalism, xenophobia, white supremacy, Islamophobia. It was only three years ago that corporate America had a meltdown about systemic racism. Statues were toppled all over the country. The NFL had end racism stenciled in its end zones. Countless people have had their lives and careers destroyed over trivial political uh, incorrect comments. But today, our greatest ally, Israel, has announced that it has cut off all the water, food, electricity, and fuel going into Gaza, which is under a total medieval-style siege. It has ordered 1.1 million people to leave their homes. Israel is about to flatten the place and annihilate anyone still there. And where are our moral superiors? They're all standing with Israel and cheering it on. For the first time yeah. in their lives, they have been confronted with how they would react to an actual unfolding genocide. Hundreds of thousands of people are probably about to die through starvation or getting blown up on account of their race, religion, and ethnicity. And all of these people are all too eager to support it. Kevin, all in. your response. Well, so true. I mean, it, it is true that, 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 that the Jewish activists, Jewish academics, Jewish political, you know, donations have all been directed at uh, preventing white people from identifying as white, um, you know, white ethnocentrism, the worst of uh, all evils, uh, and blaming whites for every evil possible in this country, and completely shrugging off the Israeli just massive ethnocentrism over there. Uh, and uh, it, it's uh, going to be way worse. I mean, uh, you know, as you know, I've written this article how these kinds of things make Jewish identity even stronger. Well, I mean, I, I would hope that white Americans would get some of that, you know, that we would feel under siege. I feel that way. That I'm under Kevin. siege. I look at, at the news. Kevin, let, let, <laughs> Kevin, let me say <laughs> this. I mean, you both, buddy. I've I've come to the yeah. conclusion that all of these left-wing initiatives that we've suffered under for the past 70 years, civil rights movement, the feminist movement, the homosexual rights movement, climate change, all are based on gaslighting. In other words, making people feel guilt for something they have no responsibility for. And this yeah. is a perfect example. See, this is... If anyone ought to feel guilty about the way they treat a minority in their nation, it should be the Israelis. But they feel yeah. none whatsoever because they have not been gaslighted. Yeah, even even the even the, the uh, Palestinians who live within Israel are subjected to you know, different laws and everything else. Uh, so it, it's it's a it's a two tier justice system in every sense of the way of the word. And and if we did that in this country. Uh, you know, went back to Jim Crow or something. That that would be, uh, you know, <laughs> inconceivable. Yeah, yeah, Jim I mean, Crow was benign compared to what is happening. Well, hey, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, Kevin. That's a whole other conversation. Is that I love, you know, Israel is an apartheid state. I mean, they are a racially segregated nation, and it's all well and good. <laughs> they don't get yeah. called out for that. I love their Palestinians I, deserve it, supposedly. I, maybe they do, but I'm just saying, I love Israel's domestic policy. Militarized yeah, I, I border, racially segregated. We saw what they did with the, what, the Eritreans? I mean, this African... Yeah, but they see no inconsistency or, uh, uh, you know, 
uh, anything wrong whatsoever with them having this double standard where we are held to the strictest, uh, you know, standards of diversity is our greatest strength, supposedly. They, on the other hand, can have the most apartheid, racially segregated uh, uh, regime in the world, and no one dares to say a word about it. If our greatest allies would allow us to have their domestic policy here, we'd be A-OK. And we'll be right back (laughs) (laughs) with Kevin McDonald uh, checking theoccidentalobserver.net, theoccidentalobserver.net. Support this guy. This guy's a national treasure, ladies and gentlemen. He is an American hero. Kevin McDonald, proud to call him a friend. We'll be right back. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Friend Denise reminds us tonight that there are a lot of Christians in Palestinian areas as well, and that's a fantastic point that should be mentioned tonight. Of course, they're not handled with kid gloves either. They're not going to be remembered. Yeah, that's right. They're not going to be remembered either. Kevin, we have only one segment remaining, and I've got about an hour's worth of content left uh, for you, uh, my friend. Theoccidentalobserver.net. You need to check out two articles post haste, ladies and gentlemen, uh, both written by Kevin. Uh, the Israel-Gaza War and Jewish Identity, also at theoccidentalobserver.net. Support him there. The Enemy of Your Enemy, and we're going to have him give maybe a a one-minute treatment on both uh, before this segment ends. But first, but first, uh, we have a unique ability here at TPC to uh, mine for nuggets from time to time, and we had the one from Pat Buchanan from 2009 about... uh, 
the relationship between Israel and Gaza, which is right on point still to this day, 14 years later. But how about this uh, from Jim Traficant all the way back in 2002? We're going to play this one minute and 56 second clip, get Kevin's response to it, and then have him comment on two recent posts at the OccidentalObserver.net. Let's hear now from former Congressman Jim Traficant from Ohio, who has, of course, long since gone on to receive been his run out of run out of uh, his office by jewish power and influence and uh, all, into heaven as it were yeah that's where he is so uh, anyway here he is this may be you don't want to hear i don't know and i certainly don't want to hurt you on your show you have one of the best you're fair but i believe that israel has a powerful stranglehold on the american government they control both members of the house the house and the senate they have us involved in wars of which we have little or no interest. Our children are coming back in body bags. Our nation is bankrupt over these wars. And if you open your mouth, you get targeted. And if they don't beat you at the pole, they'll put you in prison. I was the number one target of the American-Israeli Public Affairs Committee and the number one target of the Justice Department since 1983, being the only American to ever defeat him pro se in RICO trial. And I have big enemies. I'm saying this to you right now. Israel gets approximately $15 billion a year from the American taxpayers. And Brian Gumbel says, what are you talking about? You only get $3 billion. And I said, Brian, that's only the foreign aid bill. Look at all the other trade compacts, economic assistance, military assistance. It's an objective assessment that no one will have the courage to speak about. They're controlling much of our foreign policy. They're influencing much of our domestic policy. Wolfowitz is under Secretary of Defense, manipulated President Bush number two back into Iraq. They pushed definitely, definitely to try and get Bush before he left to move into Iran. We're conducting an expansionist policy of Israel and everybody's afraid to say it. They control much of the media, they control much of the commerce of the country, and they control powerfully both bodies of the Congress. They own the Congress. Are you an anti-Semite? No, I'm not. That's exactly what they're going to say. And I expect that. What I am is an American. <laughs> that, my God almighty. Kevin McDonald responded to that. Former That's Congressman Garrett Snow. Wow. Former Congressman Jim Traficant. Uh, Kevin. <laughs> Absolutely right on. I mean, that's exactly right. I've written a lot about a lot of that stuff and researched it. And yeah, I mean... We are uh, totally controlled by by the Israel lobby. Yeah, we'll say a loud amen to all that. Yeah, and, and killed you know thousands and thousands of our soldiers and maimed so many. If you watch TV and those those uh, wounded uh, soldiers, it's unbelievable. They're missing arms and legs and half their brain and everything. And this is all because of Jewish activism. And I, I just I'll never forget a photo of Paul Wolfowitz. In one of these veterans hospitals and he's you know he's he's saying nice things to these guys you know this is true family in israel total israeli patriot he might as well he's really israeli uh citizen for all practical purposes he's an israeli and better uh, americans than israelis lose their lives in these wars yeah i mean it's just it's brutal and, and uh um it just keeps going on and on and uh, you know they still have a stranglehold on it. That that uh, that thing. Yeah, right. 
trafficking. I mean, you know, a former member of Congress. Okay, so he was up there at the pinnacle of world power. I mean, if you're in and run out of his power by Jewish power. All right. But do you know how he died, Keith? How? Guess. Poisoned. Listen, check it out on Wikipedia, folks. Not long after he made that appearance there on Fox News and he came at it with fact after fact after fact after fact. And then there was Greta Van Susteren. Are you what are you, an anti-Semite? You know, and, and you heard the answer. Shortly thereafter, he he died while he was mowing his grass. He was found with his tractor on top of him. <laughs> I mean, and of course, that can happen. <laughs> right? Yeah, but it sure does yeah. happen to the critics of Israel, doesn't it? <laughs> but I worry I'm just about saying. Time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look over your shoulder. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, seriously, I you think going. I'm exaggerating. Check out his Wikipedia article. I mean, of course, I knew that. And I think had he lived longer, had he lived to 2004 when we started this radio program, I think we would have struck up a friendship. But, no, he actually died mowing the grass. He was found with his tractor on top of him. You know, so how, you wow. know, I don't know how that happens. But, uh, but anyway, uh, it, so but a powerful statement there. A uh, great clip from Jim Traficant, an American hero, a truth teller. Uh, but, Kevin, again, your two pieces at uh, TOO tonight that we want people to check out, the Israel-Gaza war and Jewish identity and the enemy of your enemy. Uh, break them both down, one after the other, maybe a minute treatment per. Yeah, yeah. The main, the main thing about the, uh, the one on Jewish identity is that this is a long history of this. When, when Jews are threatened, when there's some kind of war going on, like this, 1967 war there are all these jews come out of the woodwork and say you know i wasn't didn't feel like i was jewish at all i didn't go to synagogue i didn't celebrate anything but when the war broke out they suddenly became fanatically jewish and and you're seeing that now uh in uh in in israel They're apparently all these people are volunteering so many people so many israelis are volunteering for the army that they don't have enough equipment for them and people are flying back to from America, you know, uh, so many dual citizens, and and they're you know they're trying to get involved. And these Jewish organizations, of course, are, are trying to to uh, make some money on it. So you get all these fundraising letters, you know, uh, um, and uh, but that that's how it works, and and it will always work that way. That that you know, it, it's it's hard to see Jewish ethnocentrism sometimes. It's 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 flexible, shall we say? Um, well, it's almost and, also, and, uh, once you get uh, once you get familiar with it, it's hard not to see it, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I, I loved what you you wrote about uh, even secular atheist you know, sort of non nationalist Jews when it comes to a situation like this. I mean, what was the quote? Uh, I I had not known how Jewish I was. This was a, a quote yeah, from a rabbi exactly. uh, in the nineteen sixty seven Arab Israeli war. So it kind of bubbles up to the top, does it not? In in, in these times, it bubbles which, up which to I the guess top. is a good thing. I wish it would happen for our people. Well, you know, well, that's our problem. We're more individualistic, and of course, the whole idea of white identity and interests have been so pathologized. And this is by Jewish influence in my opinion, and, and uh, but that's the reality. And, and there's this guilt overhanging it. You don't have that with Jews. Yeah, they don't have any guilt about Jewish identity. It's, it's, well, they haven't been gaslit. No, they, they haven't. haven't been gaslit like we have. See, they, they haven't been but, well, we have the stick of being punished if we are trying to be ethnocentric ourselves, but they have the carrot of telling us that it's everyone's obligation to be an individual, to be an individualist. Yeah. But... Yeah, that exactly. apparently doesn't apply to them. Exactly. 
So that, right, that, Kevin. That, that's a big part of what's going on now. But with that other article, uh, I'm just saying yeah, that, go. that uh, Eddie may be your enemy, you know, that I'm not really, you know, I don't, you know, idealize the Palestinians in any way. I don't think they're nice people. Exactly. I think it's a disaster that they, Palestinians and other Arabs are, are in Western societies now. And you're seeing all these protests and they're, you know, in London, and I saw one in Dusseldorf today, there's big ones in New York and, and all that. And, and, you know, it's like, okay, I get it. It's their people. But at the same time, you know, we have let these people in. They tend to be on the left and they're going to vote. Uh, you know, all the, the big criticism, Elon Omar and Slave and all that, they're, they're all on the left, the far left of the Democrat Party. So here we are. You know, it's just polluting our power. And, 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 and the irony of all that, Kevin, is this. Why are they here? They're here because of the efforts yeah. of Jewish power and influence. Well, go ahead, Kevin. Jews thought they were unsafe in a society that was homogeneously white, just like Germany was homogeneously white in the 1930s. Now, you know, 1950, we were 90% white. And they felt that that was that they were unsafe, and so there they brought in and they you know lobbied and pushed and donated and the whole swath of Jewish activism. Here we are, you know we've imported uh, you know seventy million, hundred million. You know we're we're, we're doing the uh, you know fifty million people over the border, courtesy of Mayorkas, who's Jewish, and and uh, it, it's outrageous. But that they are changing the demographics of this country for Jewish interests, and it's not helping America at all. They don't care about America, that this is good. These people tend to have low IQ. They tend to be on welfare. They tend to be criminal, you know, criminals and everything compared to, to white Americans. doesn't matter. They, Kevin. They're divisive. Ugh. No, listen, I mean, listen, I agree. But to, to the inevitable uh, SPLC or ADL story that will be written about this interview tonight, I'll ask you the same question that was asked to James Trafficant. When you're saying these things, how do you respond to the slur, the libel of anti-Semitism, so-called? Well, I'm, ju I'm just trying to say what is going on. And I don't see any uh, big arguments against what, I, uh, what I've been saying. You know, I've had these big wars with a guy named Nathan Kaufman. But I, yeah, I don't think he had any good points. They really got a cultural critique, and 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 my in my writing. So well, the great uh, irony of all this too, Kevin, is that if if Jews are in jeopardy because of Palestinians in our midst over here today, and there are plenty of them, it's because of their own uh, machinations and connivances. Yeah. You know, they, they're, yeah. they're about to be hoisted on their own petard, as Shakespeare said. It's, it's an interesting world that we live in. Here we have, uh, on this particular topic, we have more in common with Alana Marr than Lindsey Graham of <laughs> South Carolina. Uh, so well, Heaven forbid anyone be, uh, uh, <laughs> have similarities to uh, Lindsey Graham. Well, I get you, but I'm just saying. Kevin, 10 seconds remain. TheOccidentalObserver.net. Support the man. National Treasure. Ten seconds, Kevin. Final word to you. Go. Here's the headline from the New York Post. Iran threatens to intervene if Israel carries out ground war in Gaza. Can you imagine? World 